Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And hopefully you have been digging on everything that we've been putting out. And I thought we'd uh, sport the headsets and the microphones for a little bit, Amanda and I, and tell you about something that we have coming up. Hi, everyone. I'm not going to talk too much today because as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm just getting over a sickness. Uh, But... Um, this was something we wanted to uh, put out a preview for because Mark and I came up with this idea to do um, an episode about quote unquote rub and tugs or massage parlors that are not registered massage therapy clinics. Uh, This idea came from the last unprofessional hour that we recorded. And uh, Mark, why don't you you tell everybody why we decided to do this? Yeah, so the last uh, unprofessional hour, our guest, who will remain nameless, was telling us a story of one of her first jobs working as a massage therapist in a spa in downtown Toronto. And her client or patient, whatever you want to call him at the time, thought he was in a rub and tug or thought he was in an erotic massage type of place or maybe he didn't think so but that's what the, that's the service that he wanted to either have way done. he acted very inappropriately with the registered massage therapist yeah so we won't get into that uh go back and listen to it whenever you get a chance it's actually a fun episode i mean it's a little shocking but it, it's fun at the same <laughs> time anyway so in that we started talking about the idea hey maybe we should do a podcast about this maybe we should even go into some of these places and see if they will issue an RMT receipt. And along with that came with some research about um, rub and tug. I don't even like saying it, rub and tug, but uh, I guess that's... Erotic massage. Erotic massage. So in Toronto and in the greater Toronto area, so this is including Toronto neighborhoods like Markham, like Richmond Hill, like Pickering, um, they all have the same concept. And with this concept is a body rub parlor is legal. You can have a place that does erotic massage in Toronto. That is perfectly legal. The activity that it takes place is where it gets really fuzzy. There is always supposed to be no sexual activity that takes place. Agreed? Yes. Uh, there seems to be a question mark. We'll get to that as what yeah. is sexual activity. Right. So there, there, there's always supposed to be no sexual activity that takes place. However, there are two different types of erotic massage places that exist. One of them is completely legit and completely legal. And those are licensed body rub parlors. The other that is not legit, not legal, are body rub places that are under the classification of holistic centers. Right. So, I mean, a holistic center technically is supposed to be for uh, body workers such as like what reflexologists, maybe people who offer shiatsu, yes. things like that. It's not supposed to have anything to do with erotic massage. That's exactly. strictly for body rub parlors that have their municipal license. Yes. So body rub parlors can obtain a municipal license. And in the city of Toronto, the city has capped the number of licenses that they will issue. So they only issue 25 of them. And this is the problem because a lot of places that may want to open up an erotic or a rub and tug or a body rub parlor, if the city is already capped at 25 and those 25 licenses already exist, what is the next best thing that they're going to do? They're going to open a holistic center and register for a holistic center license. 
organizations and then still provide body rub services under the guise of a, a holistic center. Can we just actually back up and talk about the cost for getting the license sure. for a body rub parlor? and a holistic center. Cool. So there's a lot of uh, stipulations that need to be met when opening a body rub parlor. So to obtain your license, the owner has to make sure that their establishment is going to be fitting in with the zoning. So there's only so many places that licensed body rubs can exist. And these would be in non-residential neighborhoods. Away from schools. Away from schools away from places of worship. I think you guys get the idea. This is just off of my recollection. I don't have anything in front of me. Along with that, a licensed body rub parlor is only allowed to employ attendants who have a body rubber's license. I didn't know this was a thing, by the way. If you're listening and you had no idea that a body rubber's license was a thing, I didn't actually know yeah, that it, this was a thing. a thing. The same way strippers are, are meant to be licensed. I also there's just an, learned that today. <laughs> there's an exotic dancer license that places need to have in place. Anyway, the body rubber license, the stipulations for that, you need to be over the age of 18. You need to have a clean criminal check. And I think that criminal check needs to be um, clean within 280 days prior to the application being submitted. There needs to be a medical examination, so documentation that you're free of any communicable diseases or anything like that uh, for a medical examination. So like these are some of the stipulations that need to be in place in order for you to obtain a body rubber's license. Even with the premises of a body rub parlor, there are certain things that need to be met. Um, there are certain sanitation codes that need to be met uh, in terms of washroom facilities, shower facilities, sauna facilities, the, the rooms themselves. Uh, I think in the different municipalities, things that might be a little bit different. So, for example, I think I read in Pickering, Ontario, the rooms that are being used for these body rubs also need to have a certain size window in it. And that way it can be observed if needed to be observed by somebody else, like a third party. Um, and that would typically be some sort of peace officer that typically goes in and checks these places. Yeah, these places are actually... Um, they're policed, like they're, they, they have a license and it is legal. Um, so they have to be controlled somehow. Um, another one of the stipulations for the physical premise is the door to the room where the body rub takes place cannot have a locking mechanism on it. So these are, these are ways to try to ensure that there is no sexual activity that takes place. Now, sexual activity, this is, comes down to a whole other ball game about how you define sexual activity. Yeah, it's very, very fuzzy, very much a gray area as what constitutes sexual activity in an erotic massage. So from my understanding is they define erotic massage as like rubbing or kneading. I can't remember. I'll look it up for when we actually do the podcast, but rubbing or kneading a uh, of, of body parts and I believe with a body rub parlor nudity is allowed whether it's the uh, person receiving the massage or the person giving the massage so quite frequently uh, a service that's provided in one of these body rub places is something called a body slide and a body slide is where the attendant is disrobed and literally they just slide their body up and down yours and that would not be considered sexual activity that's just that's body parts touching right and so that i mean if you've got the body rubber's license and the the place the establishment has their um what is it body body rub parlor license right so if they if they have these licenses which we didn't actually mention the prices you started to but then okay. you went into all the rules yeah. so, <laughs> so let me go back on that so 
another one of the stipulations, because as we're talking about the body slide, another one of the stipulations to obtain your license, you have to have a list of all your attendants. You have to have a list of all your services. You have to have a list of all the prices of your services to even obtain the license. The license costs you almost $14,000. I don't know why I like My jaw dropped when Mark told me that today. It costs $14,000 to get a license to be able to open what we all jokingly call a rub and tug. Right. And legally. To legally open one of these places. To renew your license will cost you just over twelve grand. So it's really expensive and there's a whole lot of hoops you gotta jump through. And there's only twenty five licenses that are issued every year in Toronto. Right. So, so as you said, there's this workaround of opening a holistic center. So right? the workaround of a holistic center is you don't have to a holistic center is intended for other body workers that have licenses that are uh, that are not necessarily arms right like a shiatsu or uh reflexology exactly and so to obtain a license for an establishment like that will cost you about 500 four or five hundred dollars and to renew it is roughly around the same price so you can imagine the number of holistic centers that exist that are using this workaround to offer body rub services right. that they're not supposed to be doing. The zoning for holistic centers is significantly different. The of zoning course. for holistic centers can exist in commercial space, mm-hmm. which can be around schools, which can be around places of worship. The zoning for holistic centers dictates a time that they're allowed to be open until, and I believe that's 9 or 10 o'clock, versus licensed body rubs, which I believe is like 2 a.m. or whatever the case is. So you can see... like all of the differences that are happening. But then you also have a really good understanding as to why someone would open a holistic center. Uh, It costs you a lot less. You don't have to worry about zoning. You don't have to worry about all those things like providing a price list and the name of all of your attendants. Anyone that's working there as a body worker or whatever they are, um, they don't have to go through any kind of medical examinations in order to obtain uh, the holistic center license. So a lot less red tape. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of shit that we want to rap about on that because I think it's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people understand how it works. And like Amanda was saying, there's a huge, there's a huge kind of uh, gray area when it comes down to sexual activity. So, for example, is manual release sexual activity? I don't know. Is getting jerked off by somebody else manual? Uh, well, sexual I activity? thought, yeah, definitely it was. But apparently, a judge, uh, a judge, where I don't remember. It was somewhere north of the city. It was either like Newmarket or Richmond Hill. A or judge Markham. actually ruled in a court case that uh, the manual release was not considered sexual activity and was perfectly legal in this body rub establishment. Yeah, and I like I mean that might be a one-time thing that you see but nonetheless that makes its way onto the law books which could then possibly change the the, the landscape of how everything seems to work. Yeah. But the way these things work again in a holistic center, no one is supposed to be disrobed. There's obviously not supposed to be any sexual contact. Versus, no body slides. <laughs> versus a body rub, um, a parlor, whole different ballgame. So that's one of the ones that we want to get into. We'll have all the details. I'll do my research before jumping on the mic <laughs> and talk about that because I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of people think rub and tug and they go straight to the path of that's illegal. You can't do that kind of stuff. But there are, you know, 
there is a sex industry. There are strip joints. There are body rub places. Prostitution is legal. There's a lot of workarounds for a lot of things. So I think we really need to, to take a step out of this and really look at the bylaws for the city to understand how they work before we start jumping on this like we all know. Uh-huh. That's one of the podcasts we want to. We also have another episode that we're coming out with. Um, we wanted to talk about the different massage therapy chains that exist in Canada. And there's probably two major chains that exist in Canada. And every time I'm on a Facebook group and someone mentions any one of these chains, everyone jumps down and starts to talk how negative that, that whole, yeah, that a lot whole of RMTs get very, very almost defensive about these chains, but are they so bad? I don't know. I don't know. And instead of me just, reading these things on Facebook, which by the way, most of them are posted from people who never have worked at these places or don't work at these places. I figure let's just hear from someone who works at one. And so we found a a colleague who is a registered massage therapist, was working and living in Ontario, has since moved to Alberta, is no longer working at one of these chains, but I thought she would be a great person to talk to because at some point she decided that this was going to be a good idea and something made her think that, and I like to know what that something is. Well, and and there's lots of RMTs who do make that decision, so... And she stayed working there, so uh, it obviously had some sort of positive or else why would you even stay there? But then she had since moved on, so there has to be something there that didn't sit right with her. For whatever reason, she moved on and it's not just from relocation because i assume that there are these chains are right across canada Mm -hmm. so we want to we wanted to step into her mind a little bit to give us the lowdown about the ins and outs of massage therapy chains what are the pluses what are the minuses you know it's also really important for us to remember that these are franchises these are companies that are not typically owned by anyone who falls under the RHPA. Right. So this often will change how their business approach is, um, how they conduct their internal workings. So I'm really interested to see how that that works out. Yeah, should be good. I think that um, part of what we like to do here is really keep an open mind. Let's hear from everybody. You know, there's always, what's the saying? Three sides to every story? Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Well, let's get the other side of this. Your truth, my truth, and the absolute truth or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. It's not philosophy. You know what? There's, <laughs> there's also a really cool album by a band called Extreme. Nuno Betancourt's the guitar player, awesome guitar player, awesome shredder. And this is a... Oh, forget it. This is now turning into the musical hour. Anyway, they, <laughs> their, their third album was called Three Sides to Every Story. It's a good album. Check it out. You know the song? Um, no, that's not off that album. Take that back. Anyway... <laughs> You've been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.